This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, Lexi here with you for part one of a two-part episode. Um, Today we're going to get to know Jessica, my co-host. I'm going to ask her all things about her journey, her mindfulness practice, her business, her family. We're going to get to know the ins and outs of Jessica and her daily life. Um, And we decided to do this, a get to know each of us, because... We're bringing you in and yeah, we're excited to have you. And um, we actually already recorded an episode and then decided we should probably introduce ourselves first. So this is actually not episode one, it's episode two, um, but we're, we'll release episode one down the road when you're, when you know us more and it's easier for you to sympathize with our breastfeeding journeys because that's what we ended up talking about. Uh, anyway, without further ado, Jessica, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I know we'll have to save that one for when uh, they're ready to go deep with us. Yeah. Yeah. We went a little rogue. Started having a conversation like we do and uh, things got intimate. Yeah. That's okay. We'll back up. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be a good idea to share a little bit about each of our journeys first. So I'm excited. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Uh, This is fun. Where were you born and raised? (laughs) Okay. So I was actually born in California, Upland, California. I only lived there for a year, apparently. I don't actually know anything or have no memories of being born there. My parents moved to Arizona after that. So Arizona really is sort of like my home state that I feel like I would grew up in. But we bounced around quite a bit in childhood. Uh, My parents are business owners and owned multiple businesses throughout the state of Arizona. And so we would sort of bounce around to uh, between Flagstaff, Arizona and Phoenix, Arizona, different parts of Phoenix. But yeah, about every couple years, every two to four years, I would say, uh, we would be moving to either to a different house or back and forth between Phoenix and Arizona to support our family, but also where my parents felt like it was best. But I will say we landed in Flagstaff when I was in middle school. So I did do uh, eighth grade and all of high school there, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so whenever people say like, oh, where are you from? Where where are you? Um, where did you grow up? I say Flagstaff because Flagstaff feels like the place I was the longest and I did all of my high school there. But it'd be interesting to ask my brothers what they felt because it was different for each of them too. Like each of them have like a different, you know, location that they were at for a longer period of time. So for me, it was Flagstaff. Uh, Went to Flagstaff High School and then I came back down to Phoenix myself and uh, played softball at a community college down here in Paradise Valley. Okay, I didn't know this about you until like last week when you we were talking about a double date on the golf course. And you're like, oh, well, I played softball, so we might need to work on my swing. Yes. It's like, what? I didn't even know that. Yeah. 
Can you tell me more? Like, how did did you play in high school and like how did that come about? Yeah, totally. Um, this is actually a really funny story. The so I, I was pretty much a competitive sports athlete my whole life. Like I started really young when I did gymnastics competitively and then I played soccer and then softball started probably around middle school. Um, I played pretty much year round at that point and uh, which is the main reason we were also in Phoenix too because we played like sports year round and Flagstaff snows a lot so it's hard to play year round sports. We ended up always just coming down to the valley to play games or to practices so um, we ended up down here for most of our life anyways but Softball, I did it in high school as well. So I played varsity all throughout high school. And then um, actually, this is the funny part where I was on the younger end of graduating or of my class, if you will. So I graduated high school at 17 years old and I didn't turn 18 until college would already be started. So I had like my break is in September. So school started in August down here in Phoenix for college. Um, and then I turned 18 in September. So actually, I played softball in college. I'll be honest with you, not even because I was like so passionate about softball. It was mostly because I wanted to go to college in a place other than Flagstaff and really my way out of the house. <laughs> and I talk to my parents about this all the time now. But they were nervous because I wasn't 18 yet and I'd be living alone throughout the summer when I wasn't even 18. Uh, but because I got, you know, scholarship for softball to play at a community college, we had to be here, you know, it was before the summer for practice, then to get started. And so that was sort of my way out, yeah. if you will, into to college and getting out into being independent as a, you know, to live the college life, if you will. Um, so I played one year and then I was done with softball. So I actually didn't continue after I just played the one year. And this is going to get me out and then yeah it was a little sneaky <laughs> what position did you play so i played a little bit all over but mostly second and shortstop and then quick yeah in high school i played almost like every second short just depending on the year and what we needed i played center field one year played second base one year at the shortstop another year third base another year it just really depended so i kind of was all over all over a lot like moving around when you're a kid. I know, exactly. And the funny thing is, is I always said that I I felt like because we moved around so much, like I really didn't have like a, not that it was anyone's fault. I love my parents dearly, dearly. Um, but if since we moved around so much, it was like, where is that steady foundation or like where is home to me? Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is that I actually just continued that trend for and like even now, like the next 10 years, I also moved around every two to three years. So I don't know if it was just like ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of con to continue on, I played softball for a year at uh, community college down here in the Valley. And then after that, I finished school. I transferred back up to Flagstaff and finished my schooling at NAU. You went back to Flagstaff. I went back to Flagstaff. So I did two years of community college. And then after community college, I went to NAU. And I got a bachelor's in hospitality management, hotel and restaurant management. Wait, what? I, we might have talked about this before. This is so funny because that was my major heading into college. And I actually did not know that. That was what I initially picked as my major. It changed. We'll talk about that. Oh, my gosh. And just another into the ethnicity between you and I. So funny. Okay, so, yeah, I chose hotel restaurant management. NAU had a pretty good program for that. And 
Um, so I did that. And then I had like six months left of my um, degree. And my, at that time, my a year before that, my parents moved to San Diego with my younger brother. And my younger brother finished high school out in California. And they were like living on the beach. They were living in San Diego, Pacific Beach, like, and I, and we had a big parent. I know we had like a vacation home out there and um, they moved there and were living there. And so then I was stuck in Flagstaff by myself and I still had like six months left of school to finish my undergrad degree. And so I learned that NAU has a, a program where you can finish online. So you don't actually need to be there. So I moved with them. Yeah. We had we had our little condo in Pacific Beach is a two bedroom. And for the next year, I moved in with them. I shared a bedroom with my younger brother. We slept on two twin beds. And I'm like 20-something year, 21 years at this point. It was honestly an amazing time, like sharing the bedroom with my younger brother in our late 20s. Like we never shared rooms as we were growing up. But I just wanted to get out of Flagstaff. I was sort of done at the time and I was ready to move on. You know, this is probably a totally different podcast, but I met uh, my my husband now, but my boyfriend at the time, Robert, bef- like two months before I already had decided to move to San Diego. Oh, he was in Flagstaff. He went to NAU for college. And so he's from Washington. He went to NAU for college. And we met two months before... I was moving to San Diego and one month before he was moving back to Washington. So we met and basically had like 40 days essentially oh together gosh. in person. And you no, know, sorry, but I have to interrupt you. Did you know that he was the one? Like that's not very much time to then dive into a long distance relationship. Uh, my gosh, we knew. We like totally knew. We met each other. And it's so funny that to think back, like what if we didn't, our past didn't cross in those 40 days that we were there. So essentially we met and we spent every single day together. Mm-hmm. Here's the funny thing. We spent like two and a half weeks together. And I think there was only like three weeks left that he, before he was moving but it was so still early on in like, yeah. quote unquote, the relationship, whatever you want to call it. We were like getting to know each other phase. He didn't even tell me that he was moving in three weeks. Oh. But I had in my back pocket that I was moving like six weeks later. And I remember trying to talk to him or, or I remember bringing it up, if you will, and saying, hey, I am really enjoying our time together. Like I'm enjoying getting to know you. I really like you a lot. And I just need to tell you, and I'm not sure how this changes things, but I'm actually moving to San Diego in six, like six weeks, like a little over a month. And he just laughed and he was like, um, I didn't really know when to bring this up, but I actually am moving back to Washington in a few weeks. And we were both like just dying laughing because like how hilarious we we're both nervous to tell each other. Anyways, long story short, I moved to San Diego. He moved back to Washington. We dated long distance for about eight or nine months. Wow. Every month we would just like, you know, I would fly there, he would fly here. And of course, like now he's in our two bedroom, two bath condo at Pacific Beach when he came to visit. And like my brother, you share a room with your brother. Exactly. It was the most hilarious thing ever. And it was, it was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. But then after that, I actually moved up to Oregon. I was like, I don't know. I'm getting my own place. I don't even really know who you are. Cause at this point, like we knew each other for like six weeks in person and then eight months long distance. Okay, question. Yeah. You moved to Oregon knowing that he was still in Washington? Yeah, so Oregon and Washington are so close to each other. So like Portland and where he was at in the Vancouver, Washington area. Like he's a little, not exactly in Vancouver, Washington, but close to it. It's like 45 minutes from each other. But why not just move 
to Washington. I know, right? I I felt like I wanted to be independent. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be this like a girl who's moving across states for you. Like, and I've actually always been interested in moving to Portland. Like, I looked into moving to Portland before I even met him. Mm -hmm. And I knew that San Diego was just going to be temporary. Like, I told my parents, like, hey, I just want to move back here for a year, like, save some money, like, (laughs) because I finished my degree. And then I'm going to figure out where I'm going to move next. And I'm not sure where it's going to be. And this is before I met Robert and all of the things. But I, in my, in my list of places, I had Colorado, Oregon, and um, like Northern California it on my like, you know, agenda, if you will. And then I met Robert and he lived in Washington. So it's funny because I wanted to move to like a bigger city and Portland was the bigger city just because I wanted to like get to know people. So that's why I moved to Portland. <laughs> wow. A lot of this is making sense for me. Like you moved around a lot as a kid mm-hmm. and you played these very fiery energy, like high energy sports. And you have just like this very bubbly, high energy personality, like a little bit of fire in there. Oh, yeah. And also you're so easy to get along with, which I imagine you probably had to learn how to do as a kid who moved like every two years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I've analyzed and overanalyzed like some of my positive skill sets if you will or traits but then also like some of the ones that aren't so great too but you know tying back to like having to like re-transition your life every few years make new friends build a new foundation get in your comfort zone again uh, I definitely have learned how to be able to like pick up conversations easily and meet friends and stuff like that I don't think it comes naturally for everyone that has to move every couple years but for me it was almost like a forced learned trait I think yeah yeah. But yeah, so anyways, that's, I ended up moving to Oregon. Yes. And how long were you there? So until I, he moved in with you. <laughs> honestly, one month. <laughs> no way. I'm not joking. Well, this is what happened. So I was like, I'm getting my, I'm an independent woman. Like, yeah. um, you know, I think my parents were nervous too. Like she just met this guy and then they did long distance. They loved him, you know, then they met him. But also, I also felt like I just want to do my own thing. Like I don't want to move in immediately with anyone. And I got my own apartment. I got a roommate, the whole nine yards. And one month in from us, from me moving there, he was living about 45, 50 minutes away in his um, his parents' house that, you know, he was watching or whatever. And then he broke his ankle riding dirt bikes. I didn't know he was a dirt biker. No, he was for like six months because his best friend was into it and they were like reconnecting and... He sold the dirt bike like six months after that. <laughs> well, Garrett, my husband is a dirt biker. No, no way. Yes. Sorry. We we don't have to get into that. I but I'm like, I just another. I yeah. yeah. They have a dirt bike story to share with each other then because he broke his ankle on like the fifth time he've ever went. And he was living alone and his dad's place was like two story. So then I was like. And he also, the funniest thing ever was where I moved was like 20 minutes to his work. So he actually was commuting an hour each way to work. So a month later, he moved in with me and then he had a 20 minute commute. I was caring. I was his caretaker because he broke his ankle. I'm like, you know, helping him get all get around and all that fun stuff. Your roommate, did you kick her out after one month? No, the funniest. So then three months later, we I signed a six month lease because I was like, I'm going to do six months and then I can see what happens. So that roommate stayed for like three months and then ended up not working out and she ended up leaving. So I finished out the remaining 
lease with just rubber vessel. Okay, what were you doing for work at the time? Okay, so I would finish my hotel and restaurant management degree, and then I worked at a little um, cafe and catering company. I loved it. I mean, I, th- I love hospitality because you get to meet a lot of people and all of that. That was what I did in Oregon. When I was in San Diego, I worked at, at the Hilton as a front desk agent, and I worked overnights. So imagine doing a long-distance relationship, working overnights, never being able to like talk during the day. It was hilarious. But when I moved to Oregon, I ended up um, working, going, going in black into like more of the restaurant side of things. Yeah, I worked in catering, uh, corporate catering, and also like there was like this little cafe that they also served. And I did that for a while until I was like, you know what, I just need to like grow up and get a real job. And I'm like 22 at this, so I'm like still young, if you will. And I was also considering going back to school, but I didn't know what I wanted to go back to school for yet. Because I think that when you meet your person, you start thinking about life a little different. And I'm not sure how your life has transitioned because you mentioned you did also pursued some hotel restaurant management, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but for me, when I met Robert, I was like, wow, I could actually see me like settling down with this guy and becoming a wife and a mother and like one day, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just made me think about hotel restaurant management a little bit differently because... It's- hard to work in that industry if you're thinking of having a family yes yeah exactly it's like 365 days a year 24 7 and you know especially in the hotel industry they don't close for christmas like Mm -hmm. you know and restaurants are open on holidays and weekends and nights and so that was majority of what my schedule was and so i was sort of getting in the mindset that i needed to find something a little bit more stable if you will in terms of you know work schedule i ended up bouncing around this is the funniest thing so i ended up bouncing around i ended up becoming i don't know how i landed this job lexi i became this is actually funny now that i'm thinking about it i was an accounting assistant no way because garrett yeah my husband's an, uh cpa yeah that is hilarious i ended up becoming an accounting assistant for this engineering firm and i worked for them for like eight months i think And then I was like, oh, my God, this was so not for me. Like, I went from, like, you know, moving my body with my job, being in and out of, you know, vehicles, doing catering, talking to people all the time, to immediately great paying job, incredible benefits, like paying, you know, all of the insurance, like 401k plan, like the true adult job that I think a lot of people desire. And what I thought I wanted or what I thought I needed. And then I ended up being at a desk all day long. And I had to get ready for work every single day. And you know me, that's just like not my jam. Um, I'm like, get ready, kind of. And like get, but I had to like get, we worked in an office setting and I had to get dolled up every day. And it was just not, it was not vibing with me. And so I ended up at the moment, I was also in physical therapy because I had a back injury across the street from my accounting job. So I just like all my lunch breaks or, you know, before or after work. I would go to my physical therapy session and then I would go to work. Well, I was in physical therapy myself um, going through an injury. And I was also kind of contemplating the idea of going back to school. And so I I decided, okay, this is funny, but like, which direction am I going to go? Am I going to go into sign language interpretation? <laughs> or am I going to go into physical therapy school? Two very different fields. I did yeah. sign language in, in college and I really enjoyed it. All to say, I ended up going into physical therapy. So I went back to school to do prerequisites because, as you know, hotel restaurant management doesn't have a whole lot of science involved. Not really, no. <laughs> 
did that whole thing, got into uh, a doctor of physical therapy program at George Fox, ended up going that through that three-year program and graduating. Uh, I was in Newburgh, Oregon. And throughout the whole time, we still were moving around. I lived in Portland. Then we moved into like, you know, Camas, Washington area. And then we moved to Newburgh, Oregon. Like, so I still was moving every two or three years. How long did you live on the Pacific Northwest, like in total? In total, it was 10 years. Yeah. Wow. So I almost feel like that's also a part of my home, even yeah. though we bopped around quite a bit. I very much feel a strong attachment to the Pacific Northwest. I know that place like the back of my hand, Oregon, Washington, you know, Portland area, I should say, and then South Washington. But collectively, you lived there like longer than you actually lived in Flagstaff? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why you start talking about California and, and Arizona and stuff. And I'm like, but I thought you were like, when I met you, you had Oregon plates on your car. And I was like, I thought she just was an Oregon girl. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I kind of feel like I am too, you know, and I vibed really well with the community there because everyone's, by experience, everyone's super down to earth and active and really friendly. And I really loved it there. But we actually decided, you know, I went, went through school there, ended up getting an awesome job at a clinic. Um, where I was a full-time physical therapist that turned, I was working 50 hours a week. <laughs> I chose that. It was my choice. Um, I was working five tens and I was getting an awesome salary, awesome job, really respectable company and boss. And then I ended up getting promoted to director of the clinic at, an, at his partner clinic, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then I got pregnant through that phase, dropped my hours a bit and shifted gears in my thinking again really you know like okay now I'm reevaluating again almost like I was reevaluating when I met Robert that was like the first pivotal point of like me reevaluating like what do I want out of my life and what am I trying to search for find mm-hmm. and then I got pregnant and was working and sort of the same thing started happening again like asking myself like okay now that I have a family and now that I have a child yeah and now that I'm a mother, right? Like now I'm starting to think of the world differently again. And now I sort of want different things out of it that I didn't know that I wanted before. I have a. Are we gonna cuss on this podcast? I'm okay with it. Go for it. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I might be misspeaking, but I'm pretty sure it's from Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. But she basically says like, choose a job where you're willing to eat the shit sandwich. And the shit sandwich in like restaurant resort management would be that you would have to be working like till two in the morning or getting up super early to head in at like four in the morning and having these crazy hours working weekends or like the shit sandwich in the accounting job was like, I don't want to get up every day, get ready, go into an office setting and sit mm-hmm. all day long mm-hmm. on my butt. Mm-hmm. And then you found PT, which you're happy with. But then what was the sandwich there? Like you got pregnant and you were like, listen, I want time with my kids. Am I getting it right? Yeah, yeah, totally. No, that's kind of exactly what happened was pre-kid. I was working five tens. And then once I got pregnant, I worked five tens all the way up until like I was like almost my third trimester. And then I switched to four tens, ended up having my son and through an amazing conversation and relationship with my my you know boss and the company that I worked for, I came back to work at three tens, and that actually worked well for me. But it went, didn't really work well for the role. I'll be honest with you, because they I was like the director, and they needed a leader that was there consistently for them. And so I felt like I either was letting my son down by not being with him more time, or I was letting my 
you know, employees or like the people that are my coworkers down because I wasn't really showing up and being there for them the way that they needed me either. Yeah. Um, and so then I just felt like really torn internally of what to do. Like, do I drop my hours even more and then let go of this, you know, title or role that I worked really hard for? Or do I, you know, get more childcare for my son and then come back to the 410 director that I previously was? And in the moment, and what really felt right to us was to remain at the 310. So I actually went back to work, I think it was like 11 weeks postpartum, wow. which was actually really hard for me and something I do not recommend, but something that our family needed yeah. to have at the time. So know, was like, Robert doing the other shifts or was your son yeah, Conrad? Good question. Other, like, was he in a daycare? How did you manage? Yeah. So we actually had an in-home nanny and she came twice a week. And so I worked three tens and I was home with them two days a week. And then Robert worked four, eight to tens, whatever you want to call it. And he also watched him one time a week. So it was actually kind of nice. We each got a long time with Conrad in our home. And then we had a nanny come to our house two times a week. So he stayed home essentially majority of the time, all the way up until he was almost two years old. But I guess if I fast forward a little bit, that was sort of the the pivotal point for me again, where we were considering, like, what type of life do we want for our family? What type of mom do I want to be? Like, how do I do how do I want to be a part time working mom, a full time working mom, like a stay at home mom? And I didn't really have a say in it when he was first born because I needed to go back to work. That was what, you know, what we needed at the time. But then there was a, a phase where it's like, now I have the choice, like, you know, we're secure, we're fine, like everything's good. And now I have the choice to say, what do I want to do? And that's actually when we decided to move to Arizona. Okay. Well, this is a big, like, conflicting choice for a lot of moms. And this is something we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast is just, you know, do I stay home? Am I a stay-at-home mom? Do I work full-time? Does my family need me to work full-time? Is there a way to split my time? And really, there's, like, guilt with each piece of the puzzle no matter where you're at mm -hmm. and it's a really hard decision yeah so you just were like well let's just change our scenery entirely and yeah I did exactly what I've done my entire life <laughs> <laughs> I was like uh let's move but honestly we had family here in Arizona Arizona has always felt like home to me we also once we had our son we were just pretty much over the brain at that point like i you know robert grew up there so he was pretty used to it but i was it was starting to get to me like the the weather in oregon and i think when i also had a son where like i was working three days and then had two days off with him like i just wanted to go outside and play and do all the fun things and we did it we ended up just wearing like nine layers and it took forever to get undressed and undressed with a you know one-year-old and one and a half year old but I just felt like I wanted to enjoy being outdoors a little bit more. And in, in Oregon, it's so beautiful there, but it's because they get so much great rain there. That's it's so gorgeous. And you have like three, four months of rain there. So we decided to move to Arizona, which actually was the first time that I got to choose what do I want to do. Okay. So you just, the family is moving and then Conrad was... He was, I think he was like two? 18 months okay. old, like maybe a little bit more. He wasn't two yet. And you had decided that you were going to start your own business or were you looking for jobs in Arizona? So I contemplated everything. This yeah. was the first time that I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? And we were financially secure. So I had the ability to make the decision. Uh, we sold our house in Oregon and we came with savings to, to Arizona 
And at that time, I told Robert, like, there that first, I don't know, you know, for you, Lexi, I think we've talked about this quite a bit, but for me, that first year um, after having Conrad was a really, really hard year for me. Like, the transition into motherhood with my son was really hard. And well, I'm sure we'll have many podcasts on specific topics of that later. But for me, I just felt like I wanted time with him because I feel like I was sort of robbed of it from our bond, from our connection. And I felt like I didn't really get to enjoy the long postpartum experience or like that true transition. I got back to work a little sooner than I really wanted to. And that was weighing on me. So I told Robert, I'm like, I just want six months. I want six months. I want to be a stay at home mom. And he was like, okay, that sounds fine. So that's what I was going to do. We moved down here. I said that I was going to have six months with him. And I made it to month three and a half. And I was like, I can't be a stay-at-home mom. (laughs) All the power to the stay-at-home mom. I mean, they're incredible. I mean, honestly, I just felt like it wasn't for me personally. Like, I enjoyed so much. Those first two or three months was, like, such a blessing to be able to be home with him. We went to the zoo on Tuesdays, like, we got to do all the the fun, like, stay-at-home mom things that a lot of you know, the, the, yeah. the library classes. This was actually COVID, so we didn't, like, get to I do a ton of that. Yeah, I was going to ask what year you moved. Was it 2020 or 2021? Gosh, I I think it was 2020. Okay, so you moved. It's like two years ago. Stay-at-home. And yeah, it's COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the tail end, but Arizona was a little more lax. Oh, so a lot more. A lot more lax, I should say, than Oregon for sure. So um, we kind of felt like we had newfound freedom. Like we could go to restaurants and mm. restaurants were open, gyms were open in Arizona. So we almost like when we moved, we felt like we actually were able to like live again because in Oregon, we were pretty much trapped. Yeah. Um, everything was shut down. And so in Arizona, I decided, I told Robert six months. Around three months, I started feeling like something was missing. Like I started feeling like I love my time with my son. We're having so many fun, enjoyable moments. But I feel like I'm meant for more at that moment. Like I just felt like I'm, I love being a mom. But I also feel like I have another mission or that's on my heart that I need to fulfill. Yes. And that's another topic that yeah. I'll cover deeply is this nagging desire inside that like, oh, I am supposed to be okay in my stay-at-home mom role and this is everything that I've ever wanted. And some people have a really hard time even just getting to that point, right? right? So I should be so grateful. But then there's this guilt of like, oh, but I feel like I'm meant for more. Yeah. And I I talk about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely struggle with that too. When I was working, I felt guilty because I wasn't staying at home. And I wasn't being the, a good mother because I was not a stay-at-home mom. Like, that's what we're created to do is to stay home with our babies and to, grow, you know, breed and raise our babies. And I wasn't doing that. I was working. But then I did have the opportunity to stay home. And that also didn't feel rent to me either. Like, I loved it. But in that moment, it also, I also felt guilty that I wasn't providing for my family. And I felt guilty that I wasn't doing more with my life. You know, I don't know what it exactly was, but I just knew that I I needed something else for me to feel fulfilled because I think I started around that three months starting to feel a lot of what say a lot of stay-at-home moms talk about and which I didn't really understand before until I experienced it. Even just three months in, I, you know, I shouldn't say that I have all the, the street cred in the world. Stay-at-home moms are do it for years and years and and but they tend to talk about this like unfulfillment piece or they lose themselves 
in motherhood a little bit or they are losing their identity a little bit. And around three months in of being this, you know, six months stay at home mom, if you will, around three months, I started to feel uneasy within myself, within my soul. I just felt uneasy. Like I felt like I'm losing myself. Like, what am I doing for myself? Like, what am I um, not doing for others? Because I just have like such a servant heart that I really felt like I was meant to serve other people. And I wasn't really doing that. I was just serving my son which is also a huge role, right? But I was really struggling with that and feeling guilty of that side too. Yeah. But it really was, um, you know, so then I started exploring something that was put on my heart that I hadn't really ran with. And after I had my son, I had a C-section with him, an unexpected C-section, like 42 plus four. (laughs) That's what we should probably share of our stories one time. Um, This podcast, that would be fun. But I had a C-section with him, and after my C-section, I realized, like, how forgotten mothers are in the world of their their health and their wellness. And I left the hospital with no instructions for rehab, for no instructions for care. I just had major abdominal surgery, and they were like, here's your baby. Do you know how to buckle him in the car seat? Don't go up the stairs. Don't drive. Don't lift more than your baby. Good luck is sort of what it felt like. And then I had one six-week checkup that was like 10 minutes long, and I felt like, uh, okay, so I guess I'll just like figure this out on my own. Thank goodness I'm a rehab professional, and I know the foundations of rehab, but I still didn't know rehabs from a pelvic health standpoint, from a core, from a C-section surgery. There's no protocols for that in our world. Um, And so I started to think on this, like really, as I was working still in Oregon and as I moved, it just kept coming back to me that this was like, but this kept being put on my heart. Like moms are not being served. Moms are not being served. Moms are not being served. And then I started to feel this uneasy feeling of like being only a stay-at-home mom. And I felt really led and called to do something about it. Okay, question for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to like, please grab your attention. So I can be like, wait, I have a question without interrupting you. What kind of PT were you doing at, at the time in Oregon. So you're like, you're hearing these things from the universe of stay-at-home moms. They're like moms in general or moms that have just had babies. And um, like, I feel like there's something there. Mm-hmm. What what kind of PT were you doing at the time? Yeah. So I was in orthopedics. So if you're familiar with that, that's your general like outpatient orthopedics, physical therapy clinic. I call these uh, the, the weekend warriors, right? Like you go play tennis, you roll your ankle, you end up going to physical therapy, you drive yourself there. It's an outpatient clinic. Okay. And then I tra- transitioned into workers comp. So I, have, I had experience my first few years um, of being a physical therapist, a blend of orthopedics, and then I'm also with workers comp, helping people return to work that were injured. That was like my, my background. So okay. orthopedics is a really solid background going into pelvic health. But it wasn't like I got a four hour, I think it was not even four hours, like a few hour lecture in my graduate program on pelvic health. And there was no talk of pregnancy, no talk of postpartum on how to work with clients in those phases. And so I sort of like felt this huge, you know, mission, if you will, in my heart that was like, people are seriously letting, there's this huge gap in the healthcare system. But I also felt this really strong gap in the physical therapy world where like, as a physical therapy profession, we were letting moms down too. So it wasn't just like the healthcare system, but it was like also the profession that I love and that I went to school for and became a doctorate in. It it was not being fulfilled and we're sort of really letting moms down in that area as well. So you went from hospitality management, catering (laughs) to accountant 
orthopedic PT. And then you, you're hearing this, like, probably some, like, synchronicities or just little pings here and there. Like, you're scrolling your feed and something pops up and you're like, yes, like, I want this is my topic. I want to help people. And then you just decide to do it. You jump into. So, but, you know, as I was after, once we knew we were going to move, I started doing more education around it. So that's how I started. I used to be around pelvic floor, pelvic floor, pregnancy, postpartum. I was just getting my hands on every single resource, any course, certification, doing my continuing education units in that realm as many as I could, even while I was in Oregon. So I started this like learning phase more from a rehab standpoint, but didn't really know what I was going to do with the material yet. Was it more for you, like in the beginning? Yeah. Does anybody feel like, oh, I, I would love to help people with this, but also like I need this because yes. nobody gave it to me? Exactly. So I, I was like, I'm going to self-educate myself. Like, I don't know anything and this is my field and we should be educated in this to help people. So I'm going to educate myself just so that if I ever have a mom come across my schedule that I'm going to be able to help them. And so we, I, I self-educated and at the time, I started an Instagram account, and I was just basically like, it was just a passion project. Like, I literally started okay. my Instagram account, and I just posted education on there because as I was learning, I wanted to share the education with other people. And that's when I started to see this blend of like, oh my God, this is really fun. So I'm like a stay-at-home mom. I'm on my Instagram, like posting education, sharing, you know, what I'm learning with other people, just taking people along the journey with me, essentially. And as I was taking people along the journey with me, so many people were like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. This is not talked about. Thank you for this page. Thank you so much for sharing this. And then I would start having people being like, how do I work with you? And I'm like, uh, I, I, I don't have any services. Like this is totally free. I did like six months of my Instagram. I post like almost every day because it was such a passion of mine and I never expected anything in return. I was genuinely posting because I just wanted to help educate people like as I learning. You're amazing. And you said you didn't have any street cred earlier on the podcast. And I wanted to stop you because so now you do work with moms. You are doing pelvic floor, PT, postpartum, all of that. And you do have street cred because these are your clients. These are people that you work with, people that you help. Mm -hmm. You've had amazing success from what I can see in my shoes looking at you. Yeah. And your Instagram like took off. It took off. In two years, it grew to like over 20,000 people. And it just like really highlighted the, the the need. Like everything I kept making a decision on was like for, I kept going inward and making these decisions on. You're just listening to intuition. Yes. Like you're getting these pings and you're getting these reminders that you're on the right path and you just continue to take action on it mm -hmm. and I think part of the time that's that's all it is just listening in and taking action you saw a need in the market mm -hmm. and you were getting all these signs that it was the right path for you mm -hmm. right I mean I'm speaking for you but like no no it's true yeah no I just kept following it and I think that for for so long I struggled with like what is my thing what is my gift like what is what am I supposed to do with my life and I think a lot of people struggle with that even like 20s and 30s you know like well what is my thinking like what it, and I just have to kept going inward but also I felt like it naturally organically fell and I just kept leaning in and that was the most important part to it unraveling but yeah so I guess fast forward three years I ended up making the decision to be a part-time stay-at-home mom and part-time working mom 
And that's when I started my son in care half the time um, at a Montessori program. And then I decided to actually commit and create a business called Your Postpartum PT to serve moms. And my whole mission was to meet more moms where they're at to raise the standard of public health education and postpartum recovery care. And now we have a flourishing business just three years later, not even three years later. We're not even like we're like two and a half years into this. And it's just been such a a dream to be able to live this out every single day. Two and a half years in. How many people are on your team now? So we have myself and then I have two uh, other coaches that work alongside me. And we have an amazing virtual assistant that's like our client success coordinator. So I have a team of four with me included. Okay. And can I ask how many clients you're seeing collectively, like as a company? Yeah. So our our highest amount was in the 40s. So we run a really high touch program. So we're not just like trying to, you know, burn moms through a program and like ditch them. It's a very high touch one-on-one program where we walk people through like, you know, four to 10 months really of care of whatever they really need. So right now I think we have like just around just under 40 clients that we're working with all around the world. All around the world. Yeah, they're not just in the state. They're all around the world. Yeah. That's amazing. And in there, at what point did you get pregnant? Because you do have a little girl now, too. Yes. Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up. So uh, I I was about a year or a year and a half in into my business Okay. when I got pregnant with Maggie. And because I owned my own business, I got to create a different first year. Yeah. with her and it was a very different first year and so I stayed home not I mean obviously I stay home every day I work from home but I had took a longer postpartum season so I was essentially it took like four months of not being client facing I still worked on my business because I absolutely love to do it but I was primarily like her caregiver for the first four months that's really special it was really special it was really needed yeah okay if you had a tip for anybody after all of this experience but you know you've shared with us, like a mindfulness hack or a tip, something that in moments of like anxiety in your first year with your son or when you were questioning, what's my purpose? What do I do? When you were when you decided to move across from Portland to Phoenix, like was there an underlying like mindset thing going on? Did you do you have any like anything to share? Yeah, I think in in immediate moments of like anxiety or stress or panic, if you will, um, I go outside because I think that grounds me. Is if I can get some fresh air and sunlight, you know, put my feet on some grass to ground me, that immediately helps me feel like I'm grounded to the earth, if you will. And then in terms of mindset, I just have to keep asking myself why. So like I feel like that's the best question that I've asked myself. Every time that I make a decision, I ask myself, why? Okay, why? Okay, why? And then I feel like I finally get down to the root of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I want to do something, like I when I was considering starting my business, well, why? And then I would answer the question to myself. And then I'd say, well, why? And then I answer that question. And then I'd get down deeper. And that's how I found my mission for my business is because I asked myself why, like, think, like 20-something times. <laughs> Um, but also I do that for every decision that I try to make too. So if it's a decision that's hard and I don't want to do something or trying to get down to the root of like, why would I say yes? Why would I say no? So that every decision that I'm making ever since leaving my last job in Oregon and transitioning, asking myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? And is it bringing me joy? Is it in alignment with where I'm at and where I'm headed? 
and our whys can change. So it's good that you continue to ask yourself because, you know, obviously in your journey, your why has changed and the PT, like the type of PT you were doing, it changed and moving, it changed and it continues to change. I think why is also like really important when you have certain reactions to things, like if you get mad or you get upset, like asking yourself why I do this, like why did I react this way? And like, what does it mean? What is the deeper reason here for my actions? I think that brings us back into the conscious too, because I think subconsciously like we can get off on a tangent or if you will, or like let things spiral. But then if I make myself present by going outside and then asking myself why, then I feel like it just brings me back to the present, which living in the present is like something that's an active practice for me and not something that comes naturally. Totally same. It's something that I have to work really hard at to be present. Um, I'm either living too much in the future most, most of the time or I'm thinking in the past. So for me, it was like be where your feet are planted. And that's where like going outside has helped me a lot because I'm like be where your feet are planted. You're You're here like let's ground you. Now ask yourself, like, what are you going to do? Why? That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to be present. I think I can't speak for everybody, but for moms, it's really hard to be present because even if you're at home or you're working and at home or you're working, you know, full time, you're also thinking, what's for dinner? Do I need to change the laundry? I need to schedule this like yard service. I don't know, whatever it is. And then also like, my son had the sniffles this morning. Is he getting sick or is it allergies? And it's just like hard to be present because as a mom, you're thinking about these millions of other things. Yeah. So I'm going to go put my feet in the grass if I get anxious later because I have a long to-do list of things. Yeah. Yeah. The mom's mental load is heavy. You take your kids with you too. I'll take yeah. mine out. Put your feet in the grass right now. Well, really, like that's I think we survived the first year of uh, Conrad's life. We just take him outside when things got hard. It honestly like made everything better. Like getting your kids outside, getting yourself outside if you can, um, helps ground us in, in moments of stress like that. So, well, thank you for sharing your journey. Uh, okay, some just like random questions. I actually didn't prepare any, so they're just gonna come like right off the fly. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know your sun, moon, and rising sign for our, our astrology people? Okay, so I don't know them like you do. <laughs> I know I, I'm a Libra. Okay. I'll tell you what I do know about me and my personality tests, if you will. If people are like into that type of thing. So I am a Libra. Um, on an Enneagram test, I'm an Enneagram 8. On the Myra Briggs, I'm an ENFJ. Uh, if you're into human design, I'm a projector. We're going to cover all these. We're going to cover all of these things. podcast episodes because I think different ones resonate differently for other people. Like I found nuggets in every single thing that I've studied, too, to get a deeper understanding of who I am and why I do the things that I do and how much of that really is like conditioning, too, but also like who you are created yeah. to be. Like, right who you were born as in the womb, like how you were literally created in the womb going forward. For sure. Okay, next question. Where in your body do you feel it if you're making a decision? And you, you mentioned like leaning inward. Is it if something feels wrong, do you feel it in your body or if something feels right? It's, it's like my chest, my heart, definitely like with my heart. So if I'm anxious, like I feel my heart pounding or if I'm like nervous, I feel my chest clenching or if I'm I feel light, then my chest is light. You know, it, it's definitely like a heart-led thing for me. 
what food would you never eat? Like, can't stand it. Ooh, I want it. My first gut response was mustard, but it's like, I would, I would if I really had to, but never eat is like oysters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a never for me. Okay. What's your favorite then? Food? Yeah. Oh gosh. I love mint chocolate chip ice cream if we're going to go straight for dessert, but if we're going to go real meal, then it's going to be some form of Italian food. Nice. You know, chicken parm, lasagna, pizza. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those. Are you Italian? Yeah. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. Because you have that beautiful, like, olive skin. Come find us on YouTube and then you can <laughs> see our conversation going on real time. Yeah. Without any bloopers. Without potentially the bloopers in there. Until without all the edits taken out. Yeah. Okay. Last question. The perfect date night. Shoot. The perfect date night for me would be something outside. So whether it's a day date or honestly, this would be it. We'd wake up. We would go to breakfast and spend time in the presence eating. I would finish my meal and still spend another 15 minutes just drinking my coffee and relaxing, chatting at the end of breakfast. And then I would go on a hike and then or like do something active outside. And then I would go to the spa and like get a massage and a facial and the whole nine yards and then just relax at the spa. And this is like a date day. This is our my drink yeah. date day. Okay, would he share the same interests? Like he's totally in for the spa too? He would be in for the spa. It would definitely, I think he would prefer to go golfing if it was an outside outing and then he'd love to finish at the spa. Okay. I think I would choose like hiking. So I, I kind of want to sweat, you know what I mean? Like I want to sweat and then go relax. Or like a hot yoga class or like do something that makes me sweat a little. Yeah. And then I'd love to go to the spa. But I think he would like to go golfing during his outing. Oh, fun. I think that. Couple's date no. day. Yeah, I was just about <laughs> to say that sounds exactly like our ideas of That's a awesome. date. Yeah. Not to be surprised or anything. We're going to do a couple's date day. It's going to happen. Yeah. We're <laughs> getting it on the calendar. <laughs> Babysitters. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, we have to school. <laughs> okay jessica thank you of course yeah that was so fun i can't wait to dive into uh all about lexi next episode yeah so uh, part two is going to be the reverse i'll share a little bit about myself mm-hmm. and my journey thanks you guys thank you thank you for tuning in today You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarter. See you in the next episode.